Woo, woo, woo. What up, podcast world? Welcome to my new podcast called Show It or Skip It. I'm your host, Mr. Petty. I'm a high school science teacher, and on this show, we watch a Hollywood movie with some science in it, and then we break down what was good, what was bad, what was straight up ugly, and Hollywood magic about it. And at the end, we get, come up with a verdict determining whether it's something you should show in class or you should straight up skip it. I hope you enjoy Today we're breaking down the 1998 end of the world killer comet movie Deep Impact. Its runtime is two hours and it's rated PG-13. The movie starts with a student astronomer discovering a comet headed towards Earth. Well, he doesn't know it's a comet. Um, He discovers something, sends it off to a professional astronomer who discovers that it's a comet. Uh, The comet's roughly seven miles long, making its way to make a direct impact with Earth. So then humanity makes plans for how to save itself and braces for the end of the world. This movie came out in the summer of 1998, a couple months before the similarly themed Armageddon came out. Both were big hits at the box office. However, Armageddon was a much bigger hit than this one, Deep Impact. The plot is very melodramatic when you compare the two movies. Um, Armageddon is more entertaining, has got a little more action. This one, a little more melodramatic, soap opera-like storylines, more serious in tone, and really gets you thinking a lot more than Armageddon does. Um, The president in this movie played by an excellent Morgan Freeman, who I totally believe is being the leader of the free world. I would definitely vote for him. Um, He announces this plan to send a spaceship carrying nuclear warheads to go up and split the comet and kind of get get itself its path. Um, Obviously, these initial plans fail, so humanity uh, continues to brace for impact. The president then unveils um, their plan where they're going to save a million people. They have these underground tunnels, this arc that they've built. Um, one of the comet pieces, because when the astronauts first went there, they broke into two pieces. So one of the pieces comes and makes impact. The final third of this movie is really awesome. Some great visuals that some of the effects you can kind of tell are looking a little dated, but um, overall being almost 25 years old, the effects still look really good. Showing a tidal wave crashing into these coasts and kind of a big flood through New York City. Um, Then, of course, there's this valiant last-ditch effort by the astronauts to save the planet and get the largest chunk of the comet from its trajectory, which um, the plan they come up with would have horrible consequences, which we'll get into. Um, And underneath all of this, again, in this drama, there's this terrible teenage love story, which to me really brings the whole movie down. Anyway, uh, let's get into the science. Good, 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 good science. One of the reviews for this movie calls it a thriller with brains, and I would say that is absolutely correct. Compared to other movies of this type, 
It has a lot of technical things right. Um, that doesn't mean it's perfect or necessarily a great movie. It just means that it has a lot of technical science correct. The overall science is pretty accurate. Even Neil deGrasse Tyson claims that the movie has good science. So can't really disagree with him. Um, the overall concept is highly plausible. Yes, such a comet could come and hit the Earth. However, it's extremely rare and unlikely. Um, the larger the comet or impact event, the less likely it is to occur. So the, the more extreme the event would be, the rarer it would be. Um, Earth gets hit with meteorites, small things all the time, um, but something of this size obviously would be very, very rare. Um, so not saying it couldn't happen, but highly unlikely, especially in our lifetimes. So um, one of the first things here, the comet is named for um, the two people that uh, discover it. That is correct. Comets are named for usually the name of the people who discover them or find them. They are the ones who name them. The spacecraft, the Messiah. So the astronauts go up in a shuttle and then they get into the Messiah, uh, which is nuclear powered. And that's going to take them to the comet. NASA actually had a project to develop a nuclear powered spacecraft around this time. Because the only way to get to a comet or into deep space um, would be through that nuclear power. Um, in the movie, this was called Orion. NASA actually had at the time a Project Orion. They currently have a Project Orion, which is unrelated. That's the current spacecraft, which is going to uh, the attempt to get back to the moon and then on to Mars. Another accuracy with this nuclear-powered spacecraft would be that it would only work in deep space. Uh, the crew would not be able to launch from this because on launch, there's so much movement um, and the speed and, and velocity to leave Earth's atmosphere um, would cause those warheads to detonate. So the movie shows how the crew takes off in the shuttle. Uh, they use an actual a visual of a shuttle launch from NASA, so that looks awesome. And then they go from the shuttle, they dock to the Messiah, which looks kind of like what the International Space Station does, which was not completed at the time of this movie. The comet would actually have a, a very small amount of gravity. Um, so the spaceship needs to use grappling hooks and they show it landing, it kind of shoots little um, like spikes down that are grappling hooks that bring the comet and the spacecraft together. Instead of a landing, it's more like a docking. This is accurate um, because this comet uh, is about the size of the smaller um, moon of Mars. So comparing gravity, um, Someone who's like um, 150 pounds on Earth would weigh like a fraction of a pound on this um, comet. So small, so little gravity. So same thing with the astronauts. They use grappling hooks to keep them down. So this is accurate because if not, they would float away. And um, they go to step and they would actually be off into floating in space, off into orbit. So a nuclear explosion um, like the one in the film when they plant the nuke to separate the comet to kind of blow into pieces and get it on its own uh, trajectory, get away from Earth, would most likely fail, just like it did in the film. So most likely the exact same thing would happen. Um, it would break into two, mostly two pieces that would continue on the same trajectory. Um, the global consequences of the comet that were first mentioned, yet you know, they thought were going to happen, and then portrayed were pretty accurately um, based on impacts that we've had historically, um, other comets or meteors, meteorites, um, when they've hit Earth, based on their size and looking at the size of a crater and kind of extrapolating that out to the size of, of this, you would expect 
the consequences to be what they were portraying in the movie. So when the president says how the comet impact will send debris into the atmosphere, causing nuclear winter, setting off fires, covering the atmosphere with ash and dust for two years, that is correct. So the people were going to go sit in those underground tunnels of what called the Ark for two years um, for the atmosphere to recover to be safe again for humans. Also, they stated how the plant life would die first and then the animals also correct um this would not kill everything on earth just most living things some things would still survive but most things would uh would die and i quote the great ian malcolm that life will find a way um another thing that was good here an asteroid strike in the ocean uh, would most likely cause a major tidal wave just like they show in the film um and they show in the film how when the tidal wave gets to shallow water it actually get taller um the wavelengths get smaller but the so as the wavelengths get smaller the crest or the peak of the wave they're going to bunch up and get higher and higher creating this large hill of water in the movie they never call it by its specific name but this is known as shoaling also um if an asteroid were to hit earth earth is mostly water so the chances of it landing in water are more likely than it landing somewhere um on solid ground unlike some other asteroid movies which have something going directly at um you know New York City or being targeted c- celestial body coming into earth is not going to be random so most likely it would land in the ocean like they show bad science As I get into the bad science here, it's going to sound like I'm nitpicking and I'm not trying to pick apart this movie cuz like I said there's a lot of really really good stuff here. Um it's just more minor details. Uh, one of the joys with this movie because the science is so good, it's kind of fun to pick out those small things that they do wrong because they do so few big things wrong that it's easy to pick out the little ones which usually in a movie that has tons of mistakes, you miss a lot of the minor mistakes. because you're seeing these big big mistakes that they're making. Anyway, here we go. Uh one of the bad things early on right in the first scene where it's showing uh the Elijah Wood character observing the stars, they're using uh flashlights, a, a regular flashlight instead of a red light. Um that's going to mess up your vision, your dark vision. And then they show the professional astronomer sitting at the big telescope and he's got all sorts of lights on. Come on. Um astronomers work too hard to be displayed. with such poor judgment. Um so then next we have here um yes most of the comets we know are discovered by amateur astronomers but one of this size um would have been found by someone else earlier uh whether it is NASA or another national agency or, or national professional astronomer. Um uh, by the time the kid sees it it's way too bright. Um his teacher confuses it for a star. uh that someone else would have discovered it first same concept same idea there when they're building that messiah spacecraft they're keeping it secret for like a year and a half that thing's larger than the international space station which we can see all the time orbiting earth especially at night um so that would have been spotted first by someone there's too many astronomers out there not to notice something like that especially in low earth orbit So when the student senses work to the professional astronomer, uh the professional astronomer gets it 
and accurately predicts the orbit based on one still photo of this comet. Totally not true, totally inaccurate. That would be like you looking at a picture of a baseball in flight and being able to guess exactly where the path's gonna be, where it came from, where it's going. No way um, would you be able to do that. And based on the speed of the comet that they show and they state in the movie, it would actually make its Earth much quicker than the original stated time. So in the timeline of the movie, uh, the kid at the beginning first notices this in the sky, the professional astronomer figures out that it's a comet. Um, then they fast forward a year uh, where the president's keeping the secret and then this reporter finds out about it, he releases it to the public. And then it's another like 10 months before the uh, comet actually hits the Earth. So we're looking about a two year uh, time period here, but it would have hit much quicker with the speed that they said, especially um, considering that the comet would increase its velocity, it would pick up speed as it goes around the sun due to the gravity of the sun because of how large it is. The nuclear warheads on the spacecraft would need to be a lot bigger based on the power and the, the size capability that they're supposed to have. Um, a spaceship carrying those would be so big, it wouldn't be able to fly, be way too heavy. Um, the one that they're, the nukes they're talking about, the astronauts are easy to carry. They're really easy, they're light to carry. Something of that magnitude would be much bigger in reality. When the astronauts are flying into the comet, the rocks in the tail are way larger than they would be in reality. Comets are mainly gases and the rocks that they have are much smaller. Um, maybe some the size of like a basketball, a little bigger than that, most much smaller, but they're not gonna look the size of a house, like these huge boulders that they show when the astronauts are flying in there. Also the comet itself, reality would be a lot darker um, than it is. The scenes in the movie, it's this really cool, shiny blue. That would not be, that's not real. In, in reality, it would be a much darker color, it wouldn't be that shiny. Also, speaking about the tail of the comet, it would be coming from the other direction. Um, a comet's tail doesn't mean it's behind it. Um, a tail just means it's in the opposite direction of the sun. Because when the sun's shining on that comet, when it's mostly gases, um, the tail is going to go in the opposite direction of the sun, sucking the gases off of the comet that have been heated up from the sun. So in this, they're talking about the comet coming from the sun towards the earth. So the tail would actually be facing closer to the earth. Um, but the way they show it in the movie, the, the tail is actually closer to the sun. Um, on the comet, the drill would be way more difficult to use than they show, especially given the size of the comet and the amount of gravity. So earlier we talked about a good thing, being the way that the astronauts and the spaceship had to tether itself down um, to the asteroid. But the drill here, trying to drill this, it would be so, so difficult, almost impossible because the gravity and, and how um, little gravity there would be on the comet. Also when they're on the comet, as soon as the sun comes up, um, the comet instantly starts outgassing, meaning it's shooting off gas and small rocks. In reality, it's a much more gradual process. It doesn't take place, boom, the second the sun's up. It would take a little longer than they show in the movie. Obviously, it's done for dramatic effect so they could get off the comet in time. I know the mission control they show in Houston, way smaller in the movie than it is in real life. Um, in real life, it's really impressive, really cool to see, highly recommend it. In the movie, it just kind of looks like a bland room with some computer screens. 
Uh, towards the end of the movie, when they talk about the contingency plan of shooting the missiles, the nuclear warheads at the comet, this makes no sense and it wouldn't work because um, the speed at which the comet's traveling, the missiles will not be able to reach them to catch it, catch up and intercept. Either they would be fired way too early and the comet would be out of range, or by the time they're fired, the comet is too close to Earth and it's already making impact. So I don't know why this is really even considered an option. And later, kind of towards the climax of the movie, again, that awesome last third portion of the movie when the smaller comet does come into the Earth's atmosphere, it would strike the ocean so much quicker than it actually does. Um, you get this really cool shot of it coming overhead, you know, this crowd of people on the freeway. Um, the whole rest of the movie makes it sound like, oh, it's going to be this direct impact directly in the ocean. But the way they show this flying overhead like that almost implies that it's been skipped off the atmosphere and kind of coming at a different angle. So it takes longer in the movie than it would be in reality. It would hit a lot quicker. And also during this scene, the comet was moving so fast. Um, at the exact speed they mentioned, but it's moving super sonic, so faster than the speed of sound, it would have created a shockwave. And that shockwave would have given off so much energy, it most likely would have harmed everyone on the ground, would have knocked them to the ground, smashed power lines down, and all that stuff. So it would have flattened them before that comet even hit the ocean. Now on to the ugly science. So again, a lot of those bad science things are, are minor mistakes or, you know, make sense movie-wise why they did it to look better or, or to fit the plot better. Um, two major mistakes here that really, really bugged me. The first one, so the tsunami and the tidal wave in the movie, it's nowhere near as catastrophic as it would be in reality. Hollywood actually downplayed how severe this is, and it kind of bugged me. Um, the wave would actually be moving a lot slower. They talk about the wave moving faster than the speed of sound. That's true out based on the way the impact of the comet would have been true out in the open ocean. But as the, those waves move closer to shore, they slow down because the water's shallower. Also, um, each spot along the coast, they show um, it's the crest of the waves, so the top of the wave coming and smashing into the shoreline. Makes cool visuals, but reality, you got a 50-50 chance of it being the crest or the bottom of the wave smashing into the shore. Another thing with tsunamis, the first wave isn't always the biggest one. So there could have been bigger waves on the way. The final scene, their president speaking in front of the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. They're rebuilding it. So it's possible that the waves by the time they got to D.C. would have slowed down and would have lost a good amount of their power. But at the same time, considering how close D.C. is to the river right there, how close it is to the ocean, most of those buildings, if not all of them, completely would have been destroyed. So the movie really downplays the destruction. Like they show buildings in New York City still standing. Some of those would have been completely toppled by the uh, tsunami, by those tidal waves. Because again, it wouldn't have just been one wave. It would have been a series of waves. The movie states how the water reached as far as the Ohio River. That's unlikely, even though they downplayed the overall power of the tsunami. They the way how far it spread they kind of expanded that reality the Appalachian Mountains would have stopped that from spreading that far but the damage would have been so much worse in reality than they showed in the movie and the other thing that really bugged me so speaking of reality being way worse when the astronauts blow up the larger piece of the comet so at the end 
the final um, kind of scene with the comet, the astronauts valiantly fly into the comet with the spaceship and there are four nuclear warheads aboard and it breaks the comet into chunks of all these small pieces and the voiceover says how oh it just rained down small pieces it was this beautiful light show for two hours and then everyone was fine in reality this also would have destroyed earth even though they broke the comet into small pieces it's still the same amount of mass it's still the same total comet just in smaller pieces all of those pieces would have brought so much kinetic energy because they're moving so fast so it'd have so much energy they would have done so much damage to the earth they would have created explosions that would have been much larger than nuclear bombs also each one of them would have been given off so much heat because of how fast they're moving um and would have done all this damage all over the place that the heat given off would have caused havoc to the earth's atmosphere um would cause the overall global temperature to increase um the atmosphere itself would have just been totally damaged with tons of ash tons of dust and smoke in the atmosphere some even argue that it would be better to let the earth absorb one huge strike in the ocean or somewhere that all right one massive crater one massive strike because the ground would be better at absorbing that blow less overall damage done to the atmosphere that way whereas all these millions of of smaller um pieces of comet meteorites hitting it's going to be more overall damage to the atmosphere so yeah some really fun stuff to think about here um that my biggest complaint with this movie is that hollywood did not go far enough in showing the destruction which is odd because usually movies like this they really overplay the destruction and the devastation bad movie stuff So a lot of critics really slammed this movie when it came out. Um I don't 100% agree with them. I do enjoy this movie. I think it's entertaining. I like seeing the science. I like thinking about some of the issues that it brings up. Uh, but there's definitely some stuff that makes me scratch my head going, "What were they thinking when they made this?" um not even science related. So uh early on like the first 5 minutes in of course the professional astronomer who makes this um you know once in a lifetime the biggest discovery ever that this comet's headed towards earth rushes out from um his lab and dies in this fiery car wreck that's totally unrealistic cuz cars don't blow up that way. Um this comet wasn't going to come into earth for about 2 years. So why was he rushing out like it had to be done instantly and done, you know that if he didn't do it in that second the world's going to end right away. Um it's one of those stupid plot devices. Um the whole teenage love story, they could have cut that out and I think the movie would have been better. Those characters were just not all that interesting. Um I thought the older the adult characters especially seeing like the the decisions the president was making and the relationship between the uh news reporter and her parents which although it wasn't like super exciting they could have spent more time developing that i mean the end of the movie when the kid is outrunning the tidal wave on his motorcycle like come on the way that the wave was moving how fast the water was that's got to be one fast bike uh i just didn't like the scene where the younger astronaut seemed annoyed uh with Robert Duvall's character he was kind of the older astronaut um he approaches him was i know you guys don't want me here I didn't like this cuz first off any NASA crew 
um, would work together like a well-oiled machine or else they wouldn't be selected for a mission. They all know their job and they would do it. Um, second, his character walked on the moon. So come on, the younger astronauts would totally look up to him and would admire him. They wouldn't be like, oh, who's this old guy here? Like, he's a moonwalker. Um, the president announces that they're only going to save one million lives. Uh, and everyone seems like okay with this. You know, there's a little bit of paranoia. Uh, the movie totally downplayed the paranoia and the craziness that would happen. And I just kind of was annoyed. I was like, that's not real. People would be way worse than that. Um, I feel like there'd be way more chaos in reality than they showed. I mean, it's the end of the world. And like the day before the comet's supposed to come, the female main character can go and hail a taxi in the middle of downtown Washington, D.C. Like, I would assume they'd stop running. Like there'd be way more chaos and societal breakdown than they showed. And the other thing, like the president saves only a million lives or was going to plan on saving only a million lives, wasn't totally successful in stopping this comet strike. Yet at the end of the movie, like all these people are cheering for him, like hooray, like he was reelected. Like really? I feel like uh, you know losing a whole bunch of people and a major catastrophic event, you're probably not going to be reelected. And the other thing that movie-wise just bugged, bugged, bugged me was how awful the geography is. So first of all, all of the scenes that were supposed to take place in Missouri and Virginia, so they're building the um, underground caves in Missouri and Virginia is where the teenagers were. Both those areas looked an awful lot like Southern California. You don't have Joshua trees in Missouri or Virginia. Um, You don't have the hills in Virginia like they showed in the movie because they showed them being six miles from um, Virginia Beach. You wouldn't have the, the hilly mountainous terrain like that only six miles from the beach. Second, when it comes to geography, and this one just really bugged me because when you think about it, it s- sounds stupid, is in New York City when they show the tidal wave coming at the end, based on where they show the t- Statue of Liberty and they show the tidal wave coming in, that would mean that the tidal wave is moving from west to east meaning it originated in New Jersey. Um, not sure if a tidal wave can start in New Jersey and end up destroying New York City. So maybe you'd think they'd have their geography a little better. In reality, that tidal wave would be coming from the south, southeast. So it would hit the Empire State Building, hit the buildings a lot different than it actually showed. Uh, the reason they probably showed it that way is because the visuals of those iconic buildings getting destroyed, again, it looks, it's a really cool image impressive image to kind of see um to think about but um it's wrong and then how it would actually happen when it comes down to the verdict of deep impact I'm going to go ahead and say show this movie. Overall, it's going to be really hard to find a more scientifically accurate, big-budget disaster movie. Um, The runtime at two hours makes this a little long for something to show in class, as it would take up a ton of time. And although the movie's entertaining, there's definitely some boring parts. Uh, But when it comes to the science, other than the kind of major mistake of downplaying the destruction, there's just a lot of minor mistakes that you really can attribute it to just being a movie and, and kind of the creativeness creative uh, licenses in a movie. Um, Obviously, this would fit in well with an astronomy unit. Um, It's part of a natural disasters unit if you want to talk about the tsunami. Uh, 
But I think what would be really be interesting about this is discussions that you could have with students about what is the proper government response? Did they do enough? Um, should they do anything at all? Um, was saving a million people right? What What would you do if you were the president? What would you do um, if it was your family in this situation? I think you get some really um, valuable, really interesting discussion out of something like this and discussion that you really don't get the chance to have in a science class. So there would be a lot of power and showing us for that reason. Um, but overall, there's definitely educational value in this movie. And if you haven't seen it, I definitely recommend checking it out. So thanks for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. You learned something about uh, showing this movie in class or not showing this movie in class. Um, Feel free to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Petty underscore science. So P-E-T-T-Y underscore science. Um, Hit me up with some comments, some questions, suggestions for another episode. I hope to have another one coming your way soon. Take care, everybody.